Hey, this is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. So today I want to talk about this dynamic or this puzzling question that I see so often in the relationship and the intimacy and the polarity space, the discord, the discussions, the disagreements oftentimes in relationships as well. And the question is around who is supposed to be leading? Who is the leader? Who is supposed to follow, yield, and surrender versus who's supposed to be taking action making the decisions and leading the relationship. And my perspective on it, if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, I like to live in the nuances. I do not like myself to buy into black and white realities, binary understandings that erase the complexities, ignore the nuances, and bypass the grays, right? That's just not what I like to do. That's just not how I like to communicate my perspectives and thoughts on collective issues. I personally prefer to confront the fact that there is not one way of viewing this and there is a myriad of ways of viewing this. And I think partially this is maybe due to my neurodivergence, but that is a conversation for another day. So today, what I want to present and offer and unpack with you is who is leading the relationship and misconceptions and myths that I see often around what leadership is about and what surrender and yielding is supposed to be and supposed to look like and who's supposed to be doing it. So I wanna address these myths and I wanna present a perspective, a perspective that has transformed my way of relating and a perspective that I feel is a insight into what relationship templates we are being offered to integrate into our romantic life, but also collectively as a whole, right? As humanity, there is a lot of what we see happening in personal intimate relationships that are simply a clear reflection of what is happening globally and collectively. So let's just jump into it. I really want to begin with this question around who leads and who follows, is the man supposed to be leading? Is the woman supposed to be following and surrendering? So my perspective on it is one rooted more in the relationship between the sun and the moon and a gardener and a garden. So when we're talking about masculine and feminine, we understand these to be polarities. And polarities are powerful because they enrich the relationship. They 
create spark they create the passion they create the aliveness within the relationship and the reason i say that is because when you are interacting when you're connecting with someone that is pretty much the opposite of who you are made flesh made visible there is a spark there is a passion that you are going to immediately sense from relating to them and connecting with them and so these polarities aren't just present within a dynamic where one identifies as masculine and the other identifies as feminine this polarity is also present when you see someone that identifies as very creative and another person who identifies as very logical and rational there's also this dynamic where you see people that are together where one person is very very other oriented and the other person is very self oriented and the most common one that we can all reflect on in our personal lives is one person that's very anxious and the other person that's very avoidant right this is the polarities this is what creates the passion the spark the excitement because you have to ask yourself if i'm an avoidant person and i like my personal space i like a good distance between me and the people that i love and care about why am i not dating anyone else that's avoidant why am i constantly attracting very anxious partners and if i'm anxious and i like to be clingy in relationships then why don't i choose people that are anxious and clingy as i am right but opposites seem to attract and so the reason being is that the polarities are what creates the spark and the passion the values the things that people have in common the things that are literally identical like values goals sometimes interest those are the things that make the relationship work and function so they have to be there you cannot have a relationship that thrives when the polarities in the relationship are the values like two people that are together one person wants to have a family the other person never wants to have a family one person wants to be in the country the other person loves the city these are not aligned goals and values but most people mistake this for the passion the spark when it's really frustration disappointment and oftentimes one person is really finding a lot of value and purpose and worth in trying to get this other person to change their mind to change their view to see the world differently i say all this to say is that when we're thinking about polarities this is not just masculine feminine these are literally just the understanding of how opposites are attracted to each other and the tension the spark the excitement that's created as a result because we're getting to see an aspect of ourselves that we usually don't have a in-depth relationship with if i'm that creative type that just flows with life and is very imaginative and very intuitive when i relate to someone that's very logical that's very to the book that's very rational that actually helps me connect deeper 
to a part of myself that within my own solitude, I might not really be in touch with. So the relationship offers a space for deeper integration. That's why the opposites are attracting one another. So now with that understood, we can now shift to what I mean by I relate to this between the sun and the moon and the gardener and the garden is that in these relationships, the sun presents a very different contribution to the planet and the moon presents a very unique and different contribution to the planet. And so in our relationship to the sun and the moon, we don't look at the sun and say, well, I'm glad the sun's here and the moon isn't that important. Or the moon is so beautiful, I wish the sun would shine like she does. The reason we don't do that is because we equally honor their contributions, their unique strengths, and what they bring to our lives as human beings, what they offer to our experience, right? What they offer to our planet. And so we understand that the loss of either of these is the annihilation of our planet, is the collapse of our existence as human beings, as animals, as life forms, right? We understand that. And so when we look at the relationship with the garden and the gardener, we also see here that the gardener is in relationship to the garden. He is adorning the garden. He tends to the garden and he is enriched and nourished by the beauty of the garden. He finds purpose in tending to the garden. And so in this relationship between the gardener and the garden, they are both creating one another because there is no gardener without the garden and there's no garden without its gardener who tends to the garden when there is no gardener. So now this is where people get stuck. So in each of these dynamics, I'm presenting what would be seen as a relationship between two entities. And this is where people get stuck. Is even in the understanding that I just shared, it is very two-dimensional. There is a garden, there is a gardener. There is the sun, there is the moon. And so when we remain here, Like if I were just to end this episode here, you would hit a wall. You would hit the same wall that everyone does. Well, who's leading? Is the gardener leading the garden because he's nurturing and tending to it and it has no life force without him? Is the garden leading the gardener? Gardener is surrendering to the garden's needs, wants, and desires, right? You would hit that wall. And maybe you've hit that wall in your relationships where maybe as the man, you're like, wait, maybe I need to be the one surrendering here. Or maybe as a woman, you're like, wait, I need to be surrendering here. I need to listen more. I need to follow. I need to, you know, be more yielding here. And you hit a wall because there's a part of your humanity that is agitated by this binary. It is agitated by having to restrict yourself to one dimension of relating. 
where you are one thing and the other person is one thing. So this feels agitating over time if we follow this type of template of relating because our humanity does not work like that. Our humanity, the expression of our true selves, is not fixed. It is ever-changing. It is moldable. It is fluid. It's agile. It's fluctuating in every given moment. So it's not one thing. We want it to be one thing. This is why these binaries are often things that people just buy into and subscribe because it creates predictability. It creates certainty. And we have a collective addiction to certainty. We cannot hold, we cannot navigate, we cannot function within the unknown, within the uncertain. So these binaries create freedom. They create an opportunity to self-soothe through the uncertainty of love and intimacy. And at the same time, they literally restrict us. They restrict us because that is not how our true expression functions and operates. And so when we buy into them, the relationships become stagnant. They become stagnant because If you're forcing me to constantly abide within one dimension of my being, maybe I'm the man and you're telling me that in this dynamic, I have to always be the decision maker, the leader, the one that's thinking about everything, the one that's solving everything. And as the woman, you get to be in the playful, the loving, the caring, the emotional, the the beautiful, the sensual, that is going to restrict both of us because in what you're embodying, I also possess. And in what I'm embodying, you also possess. So the myth here is that the feminine must be the only one surrendering and that the masculine is the only one that can be leading. This is the trap. This is the pitfall that most relationships fall into when they're attempting to create some kind of predictability, some type of structure, some type of your responsibilities are this, this, and that. My contributions are this, this, and that. This is what I bring to the table. This is often the avenue that people take to formulate these things, right? And so when we expand when we expand beyond the binaries, the best way to view this is our relationship to the sun and the moon. There is a day and there is a night. This is what you would see as the polarity. And there is what is called golden hour. There is blue hour. There is dawn there is sunset. These are the spectrums of day and night. And so if we believe that there's only day and night, we ignore that there is dawn, 
there is golden hour, there is blue hour, there is sunsets. And in these other spaces, the degree of what we see as the sun shifts and the degree of what we see as the moon shifts as well. So they're both equally present. If you watch the sunset, you can see the sun beginning to fade away into the horizon and you can equally see the moon in the sky as well. I want you to really just take in that visual to just pause and really feel what I'm saying in this depiction of this relationship between the sun and the moon. And so when you have dawn, the sun is rising and the moon is high in the sky. This is what happens inside of ourselves day to day. We shift between these different dimensions of ourselves that we call masculine and feminine. Everybody wants there to be like one fucking thing. I'm the masculine, I'm the feminine. Reality does not work like that. The human being does not work like that. You are not one thing. Stop trying to box yourself in and then box everyone else in and say, you need to be that and I'm going to be this. Reality does not function like that. So when you look at the body, every day you oscillate between masculine and feminine energy. These are not a thing that just stagnates and stays. The difference and the subtlety here is that there is a dominating energy present. One that's going to dominate and reside as someone's natural default system. So meaning that I, as a male-bodied cishet man, my default system is to lean into my masculine energy. That's my default system. The reason that in relationships, women in this space are often constantly talking about how they want a man to lead, how they want a man to take control, how they want a man to take more responsibility in the relationship is because when women are stressed, when women are not supported, when women are feeling that men are unreliable and cannot be trusted, a woman's default system then becomes her masculine energy. Because in order to survive, her default system cannot be her feminine energy. It'll only create more problems for her. So her default system becomes her masculine energy. It helps her remain guarded. It helps her remain vigilant. It helps her get shit done. It helps her rely on herself when she feels she can't rely on others. It gets the fucking job done for her. So she learns to rely on that. So that's why in partnership, a woman wants to shift 
back into her natural default system. So for the women that identify as feminine beings, what they're yearning is to return back to their organic design where they get to lead from their feminine energy, meaning that their default system is their feminine energy, not their masculine energy. Because masculine energy is designed to function like a shield. A woman doesn't want to have to be wearing a shield all of the time. Doesn't want to have to hold up her armor, keep her sword by her side. She doesn't want to have to be in that. And so that's why in relationships, you may be hearing women talking about this. It is because the world that we live in, the way that society functions, and the way that it conditions men to relate to women, has created a very unsafe and an unreliable world where women can actually lean into things that may be more organic, may be more authentic for them to embody in partnership, for them to embody in the relationship with themselves. So now, where does this bring us to when we're talking about new templates of relating? So when we're discussing, well, what does that look like for relationships then, given the context that I've just shared? It brings us to this vision of the androgynous. Because the way society functions now, women have actually learned and had to, as I was sharing before, to cultivate a certain type of quality that is often reserved for men. The financial freedom, the financial liberation, the capacity to take charge of their life in ways that 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago may not have been possible. That wasn't really presented to them by society. But if you look at now, there are more opportunities present for women to do those things, right? That's undeniable. And it's very present when you look into these discussions around how women are challenging men and saying, well, I can get my own money. I can provide for myself. What are you contributing to the relationship then? That is a conversation that a lot of women are having, that they're challenging men on, which is evident, clearly evident of the fact that they're just in a completely different realm than their past ancestors were, right? So what does this present men with? Because then men have to learn to cultivate the very things that they often felt that they don't need to cultivate because the roles of what I provide to a relationship were kind of different from what I'm going to be required now. So before, I was required to provide the finances, the protection, the provision. These things were ways in which I could measure and quantify whether I was a good man, whether I was a great father, and whether I was a good husband or not, just by these metrics alone. And now the world that I live in has shifted. The dynamics have changed. 
And because of this, I get the opportunity, right? This is an opportunity. Most men kind of fall to the floor and like, oh my God, this is, fuck, I hate this. I'm being required more than ever to be this, 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 and that. But the reason I say it is an opportunity is because we have, as men, had to define ourselves based on what we can provide, based on what we can give, based on our resources, and just what we can do for others. And so that has limited us. So now we're being the, presented the opportunity to expand that. And so what this offers is the emotional realm, the capacity to begin to explore aspects of our masculinity and our humanity that we've often learned to silence because it negated or it conflicted with our role, with how we were perceived, with what it meant to be a man. So now, because in relationships, I'm being invited to be more of myself, really. I get the opportunity to present more of who I am to a relationship beyond the provision, beyond the protection, beyond the financial contributions. And that is something that I would refer to as, as, a, as a dimension of androgynous. Because now we are not boxing each other into spaces where we have to be one thing and the, person, the other person has to be one thing. We're literally being forced just through the evolution of society to be more full human beings. And this is beautiful. So what does that mean then in partnership? For me, it means that we can now start to see that in our relationships, it is going to be a dance of mutual surrender. This is how I view partnerships. It is a dance of mutual surrender and a willingness to collaborate. That is what makes the relationship harmonious. Because I am recognizing as a human being, you have strengths, you have unique contributions, experiences, and perspectives and viewpoints that are going to expand my experience of life, my experience of love and intimacy. So there will be presented moments to both you and I to lean into that. So that means as a man, my partner, given the evolution of society and the way things have changed, there are things that she can contribute, things that I may not even know about, ways that she can influence me to be a better man, to be a better partner, to be a better husband, to be a better father. All of these things are just a result and a reflection of just her unique energy, her unique strengths that I need to realize that, wait, I need to be open to receiving this. 
just as much as I want her to be open to receiving me. I want her to be open to receiving my leadership, my love, my care, my support, my guidance. I want that. And I can understand that she would also equally want the same thing, right? I think all human beings want to be received by the other, want the other person to be trusting and yielding when their strengths are helping the relationship, are contributing to a goal, are contributing to a dream, and the alignment of a shared mission, right? This is really what all human beings want. And so in her relationship to me, she's going to definitely be processing the same thing. She's going to have to develop the capacity to be receptive and willing to receive my love, my care, my support, my provision, and my leadership. Because I have unique strengths and contributions that are going to differ from hers. And so the reason that in relationships this often manifests as the man taking charge of certain decisions in an external way is because when you think about the unique strengths and contributions that men and women provide to a relationship, men are often, again, this is just because of what we find fulfillment in and how we feel seen. Men feel seen when they are useful. Women feel seen when they are desired. At the core of a woman's heart is the desire to be desired. At the core of a man's heart is the desire to be useful. And so this manifests as a strength and as a quality that both people are going to bring to a relationship. So because at the core of who I am, I have a desire to be useful. So of course, a lot of my strengths are going to come from fixing, solving, changing, creating, and building shit, right? And if at her core, her desire is to be desired, a lot of that is going to be manifested as the expression of the beautiful, the sensual, the erotic, the dark, the playful, the innocent, the emotional, the caretaking, all of that is going to be the embodiment of these desires manifested. So in relationships, there is often one person that finds more fulfillment in being in an aspect of themselves than the other person. When you get into relationships with a woman, for the men listening, you're going to notice very quickly she enjoys not having to make the decisions all the time. And if you're in a relationship with a man, you're going to notice that he probably enjoys taking the lead on things a lot of the times. This is just where people find themselves more fulfilled, right? It doesn't mean they don't desire those things. It just means that they find more fulfillment in something else. So oftentimes in partnership, when a woman is out with a man that she loves, trusts, and feels protected by, there are videos that show women kind of use about two of their brain cells. <laughs> this is like a meme that goes out 
And it's reflective of what I'm sharing is that when a woman feels into that space and into that dynamic, there is a freedom she finds in just taking in the beauty of life, not having to analyze it, not having to break it down, not having to have to quantify or make something of it, but just to let in and to be receptive to the beauty of life, to view and to take it in. And the man is going to find fulfillment in creating the structures and the spaces where that can happen, where that can flower, and where that can blossom. So here we have these unique strengths and these unique contributions that these two people, again, we're talking heteronormative, are presenting to a relationship. Now, my last point here that I want to close with, because everything that I just shared is still very two-dimensional, but I wanted to give you a picture of what the dimension of this connection is when we take into account the nuances, the grays, the complexities, right? Now, the question is still here. Who is leading them? This is where... I want to share that neither people are leading. Both people are being led. Both people are always being led. It is a dance of mutual surrender because both people are being led by a guiding principle that expands and exists beyond the limitations of their consciousness. So what do I mean by that? The clearest way to see it is when you are watching a woman and a man dance in a salsa class. This is often an example presented in polarity spaces. The man is leading, right, from what you can see. The woman is surrendering. She's following his rhythm, his steps, his pace, right? This is still two-dimensional. This is still binary. This is still very, very limiting. To expand into a three-dimensional view of this dynamic is to understand that both people are being led by the music. The music is leading because his steps, his pace, his rhythm is determined by the music just as much as hers are. And the instructor is guiding both of them. But again, the instructor is led by the music as well. So this is the thing that we ignore in relationships. The same thing we ignore in our personal lives. I may have an understanding of what life I want to live, the things that I want to create, and what I want to contribute to the world. But I am a co-creator. I am a co-creator. I am creating alongside what I would see as God, what I would see as the divine, what I would see as the universe. We are in a collaborative relationship with all that is. And so I can't tell you that I'm the one that decides that I wake up tomorrow. I can't tell you that what's going to happen in my life five years from now is going to be determined by my choices, decisions, and actions. That is only half of the whole truth. The other half is that I am a willing receiver of that which life wants to embody through me. 
that which life wishes to express itself through me. And the vision that the universe, God, my creator, has in store for me, I am receptive to that. And I'm co-creating and I'm in collaboration with that vision. That would be a more accurate statement. So in relationships, when we're like, wait, he's leading. No, she's it's it's a it's a recipe for disagreement it's a recipe for stagnancy because we have to take into account that what we call a relationship is a living breathing spiritual entity that relationship is alive and that relationship is what is guiding the two people there is three There isn't two, there is three energies in the room. And so a harmonious connection, a harmonious relationship is one where these two people are receptive, are open, and are surrendering to the guidance of that one loving spirit that they call the relationship. And so that spirit is a clear reflection of their values of their goals of their vision and of their needs when you don't have a relationship that has these values and these principles and these pillars of connection and intimacy established you are just being guided by your default systems And these default systems are the dynamics that you've seen growing up, the things that you've watched throughout your life, the relationship templates that have been indoctrinated into your way of relating. This is what most people are being guided by. So it takes over the relationship because the two people aren't really taking into account, aren't really holding themselves both to being in alignment, being in integrity with their shared values, principles, and goals. And so what I share with the men that I work with and what I want to share with you is that allow that to be the guide. Allow that to be the thing that you hold yourself and your partner accountable to. It's different than looking and saying, you're not being masculine, you're not being feminine. It's looking at each other and saying, how are we in alignment with our values right now? I love you. And one of my values is nonviolent communication. I'm not in alignment with that value myself. And in this conversation, we both aren't. How can we come back into alignment with our values? This is very different from looking at the other and saying, you're not in the feminine right now. You're not in the masculine. What we are holding ourselves to is the values that we say we hold near and dear to our hearts. So if you claim to be an integral person, I'm holding you to the integrity that I know you're capable of. This is a very, very different way of presenting improvement, change, and accountability in relationships. It goes beyond the black and white, masculine, feminine, policing 
shaming dynamic and tactic. It opens up the space for both people to constantly be guided by the principles that they stand by, the values that allowed their relationship to work and function. So who is leading, man or woman, masculine or feminine? Neither are leading, both are being led, both are being guided by love's highest calling, by love's highest purpose for both of them. So the real power isn't in a woman's capacity to surrender, and it isn't in a man's ability to lead. It is both people's ability to consistently choose to be led and guided by love. So when a woman is surrendered to love, it's not just because she trusts her partner, it's because she trusts love more than she trusts her own fears. And when a man is surrendered to love, he's not only attuned to the needs of the relationship and to the needs of his partner, but he's sensitive to what love needs from him. So this is what determines the intimacy, the depth of connection that both people can experience within the relationship. So I'm going to close there and I want to say thank you so much for being here for today's episode. If there's anything that resonated with you here, feel free to share with me via DM. If there is a thought, a perspective, something you want me to expand on a little bit more in another episode, feel free to also share that and include that in your message as well. And if you have been enjoying these last recent episodes, I really, really strongly encourage you to leave a review. I would love to hear about how this podcast has impacted you. And thank you again for joining me for today's episode. I'm going to wish you a beautiful day and a beautiful evening wherever you are. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace.